I am vengeance. I am the night. I am watching six minutes of Batman every day for the month of June. This is the Bat Month. Hi, welcome to the Bat Month. It's June 29th at 1.30 p.m. I am joined on this penultimate day by a returning guest, Emily Pineapple. Uh, yeah, so we're going to watch the second to last bit of the, I think this might be the last bit of the movie. We're watching from 245.33 to 251.26. Um, okay, let me recap what I think has happened yesterday. And then Emily, you just give me your thoughts on, I guess, everything. Um, yesterday, Batman was looking, was, was narrating about how the city's been flooded and no one's coming to help them and that crime is getting worse. And then he, then he, um... He's on a rooftop with with Catwoman, who has a motorcycle on a rooftop, and I forget if I forget if they kissed again. They 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 were talking about how she needs to escape, and he needs to stay. I don't really remember. It, it was kind of a forgettable bit in. of dialogue. Yeah, he leaned in yeah. for a kiss, and she and she stepped back. She stepped back. Ah, okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Brucey. You're not coming with me. Like, Which, yeah, honestly, honestly, fair. Yeah. So this movie, this has been weird because, like, oh, and the Riddler's still in Arkham, and he was talking to Two Face. The Riddler was talking to Two Face. They just introduced Two Face without any context. It, it people have been saying it's the Joker that they have introduced without any context. It looked like um, Two Face. It looked like Two Face. It did look like Two Face. It looked like Aaron Eckhart Two Face. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Um, okay, so he's talking to someone in the, in, in Arkham. And it's just so weird. It feels so like anticlimactic. Like it feels like they were trying to do the the middle part of the trilogy, Empire Strikes Back thing, but they did it in the first movie. Such a weird choice. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, let's get into it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start playing the movie in three, two, one. Okay, Catwoman's looking over her shoulder. Longingly, she puts her helmet on. Oh, she's she's very slowly starting her her car or her her bike. They're on a rooftop, though. I don't understand what's going on. Do you notice how she put a cat on the back of her motorcycle? Yes, I did notice that. Yep, yep. Because that's how you transport cats—just on the back of a motorcycle. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, Batman's. Batman has another motorcycle. There's another motorcycle there. Batman's looking at was that was that supposed to be for him? Yeah, that that one is his motorcycle. Okay, okay, she's riding through. Uh, oh, they're both riding through a cemetery. Yep, this looks like this is a very fancy cemetery. I wonder where this is shot. Kind of looks like the one in in Glasgow, but I don't think that's the one in Glasgow. Emily froze. Uh oh. Okay. Emily, you still there? Yes. Yes, I am here. Okay. Okay. So they're riding, they're riding through a cemetery. They're riding over a bridge. Um, This is just, yeah, this just feels like, when you saw the movie in theaters, did you feel like you got resolution? I felt like I, I was 
I was really enjoying the characterization of Catwoman in this moment, and I was enjoying oh, yeah. seeing enjoying seeing the Batman lose in such a profound way. Um, yeah. So I definitely don't feel like there is resolution so much as like they're trying to bring you to a thematic resolution. What with the Batman's sure. own conceptualization of himself. I don't necessarily think that the movie as a whole supported that change. Yep. Um, okay. But... Yeah. And it, it, sorry to interrupt. It it ended with a shot of her riding in a different direction and him him on the motorcycle, and then that's it. It just goes to credits now. Yep. Yep. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I think if I'd watched the movie straight through instead of you know six minutes a day all month, I might have felt better about it but i think especially because this has been so drawn out it feels like this has been so drawn out it felt like it felt so anticlimactic when the stuff mm -hmm. actually happened yeah it definitely did i do think that it had a little bit of a third act problem as much as i adore the cinematography of the third act um yeah but there were definitely a lot of elements in the final fight that just were kind of out of nowhere and you couldn't really tell like what the danger was specifically or where it was coming from. Like Batman like grabs a right. friggin' electrified cord and drops into a bunch of water with it. But like he's fine. But like I thought the problem was that it would electrocute everyone, but Well, I th I, I think I think well? what that was I think that was it was live electricity and by cutting it off, he was cutting it off from the live electricity and then oh. he was able to fall into the water with it because it wasn't connected to the actual box anymore. But yeah, no, that oh. scene was very confusing. Also, what the fuck is up with the Bane juice? Yeah, the Bane juice out of nowhere. I had no idea what it was because I'm not I'm not as much of an encyclopedia uh when watching these things, so sure. I was just yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. The fuck is that? Is he giving himself adrenaline? And Forrest was like, oh, it's Bane juice. And I'm like, sure. Have we talked well, I mean, about okay. this? Drops. I thought I, that I it don't, was Yeah, I, I thought it might have been drops too, but but it was glowing green, which is which is which calls back to the Batman and Robin Bane, where he's like flowing with he's flowing with juice that makes him strong. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a Matt Reeves film, The Batman. There's a late title card. Yeah. Matt um what I think the most insightful thing I've I've said about this movie is that um, the tires are the boots of the car. I agree. I agree. There's so that... many shots of there's so many shots of tires and there's so many shots of boots. I think I think that's what they're trying to say. I tried to dig into the boots a little bit. I was like, "What is yeah. the deal with Matt Reeves in these boots?" Because Matt Reeves just someone for the love of God step on Matt Reeves with some big black boots. Yes, oh, man, seriously. Please. Apparently, the Batman's boots are Austrian combat boots. Um, ah. Like military boots, and they put a, uh, they embellished it with a gator fixed on top so that it would work for the motorbikes bike scenes. That's the only thing I've seen about the boots. And we huh. know that there's like a boot shot every five minutes. Like these boots yes. are walking us through that plot. That, that's it what did. they were made for. It did calm down about halfway through the movie because I, I know this because I was because I I I, I, was, I realized oh we haven't had a boot shot in a while but also Catwoman's boots are like thematic to the plot they are a plot point. Yep, one hundred percent. They they belie her connection to I think Anastasia the the girl who yeah um, was murdered. 
Um, they and, there, and then there's the fake out at the at the funeral where another woman is wearing the same boots and he thinks it's Catwoman um, with mm-hmm. Falcone, but it isn't. Yeah. It's also, the, the Catwoman is Falcone's daughter thing felt super underbaked. It was. I think that it was underbaked. I think that what they were trying to do was play with the, the sins of the father. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get How- that. That makes sense. Yeah, and so so her sins of the father thing was like, well, if I destroy the father, then I have made up for the sins of the father. But what's interesting with it is that she is a victim of this father. Of course, like, yes. Like, the sins of the father, like, were taken out upon her. Whereas yes. for Batman, the sins of his father were taken out upon the world. Like, the sins right. of his father ultimately protected him from such horrors that yes. the Riddler they had gave him they gave him the privilege that allowed him to become the Batman and become Mopey still. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think that I'm like, just gonna note. Friend, I'm just gonna note for the podcast that we um we stopped at two fifty one twenty six. We're gonna keep talking a little bit. Um, Emily, I know you have a lot more to say. Tell me, tell me your questions. Give me your bad questions. Okay. Um. Isn't the wasn't the Riddler's plot basically very similar to what happened in the Dark Knight with the Joker? The idea of like setting bombs around the city and get letting himself get captured into Arkham and similar but different in ultimate like uh uh philosophical purpose. The Joker's whole thing mm-hmm. was like I am going to prove to you and to everyone that you are all as evil as I am. And I'm going to show yeah. this to you all by forcing you to kill each other. Um, right. Whereas the Riddler is more like, no, you are all terrible people and you deserve to die because you're terrible. And that is how I will personal justice is by yeah. bringing to light all of the awful things people are already doing all over the place. He's not like, oh, I have to prove to you all that like evil exists. He's like, no, I just need to show everyone the evil that exists, which sure. is a very it's different from Nolan, like the Nolan movies. And I'm a huge, I, I was a huge fan of the Nolan movies. Like they did a yeah. big thing for rehabbing the image of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was cool again. He's so cool, but there is right. such. Well, a... he was, he was, he was dark, right? Because, yeah. because the, the, the Schumacher movies eventually veered so much into camp. And then yeah. at that point, really all you had on for Batman was the animated series, which around that time was, Batman Beyond, where he was he was pretty cool, but he was he was not the the main character. And the Justice League, where he was very much a like non fact Justice League, the 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 animated series, like he was mm-hmm. like I watched that. He was not the main focus. It was very much like Superman and Wonder Woman and all the rest of the characters focus. He just kind of showed up and made wisecracks every now and then. I think they they yeah. didn't really know what to do with him in that show. He was there. There are a lot of different types of Batman stories, and there's the Batman story where he is with other super powered individuals. This is the like. Justice League Unlimited, Justice League Batman, which I love. That like that's one of my favorite shows ever. But the yeah. role that Batman plays in those stories is very different from the role he plays in other stories. Like in those stories, he is our the humans, the non-superpowered humans champion. He is our watchdog, keeping eye on all of these superpowered beings and trying to relate to them what a normal non-superpowered being would would think, you know, and would do. 
Um, yeah. In the other, in other stories of Batman, there's like, there's, so there's those ones, there's um, maybe what I would say like rogues gallery Batman stories where we're mostly fighting his clown type uh, of, of yeah. villains. We're fighting our jokers. We're fighting our this and that. And then we have like our mob yeah. stories, Batman. And I really like our uh -huh. mob stories, Batman. That's like where Batman is just also dealing with the cops. Like huh. Batman in Gotham. He's dealing with the cops. He's dealing with mobsters. He's dealing with his own history and his own sort of sense of self. And yeah, those have always been around. That was very like year one Batman, like Frank Millery uh, uh -huh. stuff. And it was very... Uh, you know, Long Halloween, um, which had like rogues, but it was it was a mob story. Um, and it was Batman figuring out how to navigate within a world of humans. Right. Um, and I feel like this is very much one of those stories. Uh, there's a an animated movie or whatever on HBO. It's Hush. And this is very much like Hush. And that was one of the first places where they had a dark Riddler. So Riddler's mm. always like a total fool. Like he's almost positioned right. as the stupid option next to the yes. Joker, who's our psychopath. Yes. Uh -huh. Hush was the first time we saw like, oh, like this is a fucked up Riddler. What's yeah. his whole deal? Um, and something that I liked about this movie and sort of where I see it as being different from other Batman stories that we have seen is that in a lot of other Batman stories, Batman is our dad. We are Robin. Okay. Batman is the, he's always kind of stoic. He make, he can make mistakes, but then he fixes them because he's so clever. He figures out how to fix them. He, uh, mm -hmm ends the day he saves everyone like maybe he's like oh no like some random chick they introduced in this story died and i didn't save them like but he is stoic and he at the end is our sort of safe space he sure. is seeing all of the trauma that everyone else is undergoing and even though he's still sad he's the strong pillar in more modern days, they've played with the idea of who was Batman's dad? Who was Thomas Wayne? Um, mm. Elements of, of course, um, and, I, and I've seen before the idea that Falcone came to the Wayne's home at some point, needing medical care. And the question of, oh, was Thomas Wayne in with the mob? This is the first one that I've seen where Thomas Wayne was running for mayor, was like involved mm -hmm. at all. But yeah. in all of those other stories where the question is like, oh, no, was Thomas Wayne a bad guy? Like the resolution is always like, no, he was a really good guy. In fact, he was such a good guy that he would even help mobsters if he was the only one who could. And then Batman's like, oh, I should keep Arkham up because I, too, am a good guy. Um, I, I and... thought it was interesting in this movie where they did the fake out where he Bruce Wayne goes to see Falcone and Falcone was like, I helped your I helped your father. It was fine. And then like ten minutes later, he's 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 back on to kill he's back on to capturing Falcone again. Like like it felt like I liked the idea of what they were trying to do. It just didn't feel like it was working because it happened so quickly. Like the reverse the yeah. reversal sort of thing. 
it's one of these things that like it always drives me crazy. It's one of the reasons why like I can't watch Riverdale anymore is they'll set something up and then they'll immediately contradict it. Like almost they'll, they'll like, like, like almost as a U-turn as if like a studio note came down and said like, no, you can't do this. Do the opposite. We need Falcone to be the bad guy. Yeah, I do definitely think that there was. There were elements that were rushed, um, I -hmm. think, so that we could get more of those sweet, sweet boot shots. Yeah, why is the movie three hours long? Why 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 is it three hours long? We needed five full minutes of just hearing the boots. Yeah. Okay, but that's still two hours and 55 minutes. That's still like. (laughs) Okay. What what I what what I was gonna say was it felt like it should have been two movies and the fact that they jammed it all into one movie when and it ended where they did just feels so weird to me. It's weirdly paced. It's definitely yeah. weirdly paced. Um, I like what they're going for, but again, it's the problem with the all of the cops are so fucking corrupt that we need yes. Batman. Except, but all except, except, 40 cops that are good. Right, exactly. And Gordon was able to round them up in like 20 minutes. Yes, yeah, straight up. And like, I loved a lot of the elements of the cop characters. And I was really on board for how they were playing with the police in the first half. Because Batman only makes sense in a world where the cops are so fucking bad that he is in any way justified. And they do play with that in this movie, the question of, like, all right, but, like, is he really doing anything justified, though? Like, is he really? Um, The finding of all of the random cops out of nowhere, I'm like, aw, you're just going to drop this? Um, Because I loved how much we saw people looking at Batman, cops looking at Batman, how different cops reacted to Batman versus Bruce Wayne. Um, There's one cop who's, I think his name is Martinez. who is like, wow, the Batman, Who? why are you bringing this goddamn furry to our- Right, yeah, 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 yeah. And then later he sees Bruce Wayne, he's like, oh my God, it's Bruce! Oh my God, it's I did not put that together. I did not put that together at all that it was the same guy. Yeah, yeah. Watching how different people react to Bruce Wayne versus the Batman was very interesting in this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that, yeah, ultimately they do- drop some of the things that I could have been I think could have been stronger thematically I think that maybe we just really needed more time for the the boot of the car to be yeah rolling around the scene there were so like oh my gosh that car chase was so long it was great the car chase was so long oh my god and and why like the penguin penguin the penguin like didn't do anything in this movie no No, also what the fuck why the fuck did they put Colin Farrell in a fat suit? What the fuck? He did not need to be in a fat suit. He did not need to be in a fat suit. He, he looked he, enough like no... a goddamn penguin without it. They didn't give him fucking yeah. flippers. They don't need to put him in a right. goddamn fat suit. We get it. They didn't give him. They didn't give him the giant nose, like yeah. which uh, which I understand. But at the same time, like just give him give him the face makeup that makes him look kind of fucked up. He's he'd be fine. Right. Put him put him in a big suit. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. You don't need to put. put that, like what, I was really into that character, and then I realized it was he was in a fat suit, and then I, it kind of really sucked a lot of my enthusiasm out of it. Yeah, it really, it really bothered me. I didn't even really notice it until that scene where they tied him up so that he yes, has to yes, walk yes. Up the penguin. And I'm like, right. oh, that's cute. That's very clever. But also, but 
they picked the fat suit, but they left out all the other elements. So yes. it's really weird because it didn't even give him like a penguiny shape. It just looked like no. a human, which doesn't yes. look like a penguin. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was very frustrating for sure. They were definitely trying to set up a lot of elements of Gotham. Right. Come um, on, because I know I, there's going to be a Penguin HBO Max show, right? Oh, probably. That, yeah. That sounds awesome, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a whole thing where they're trying to throw a lot of things at the wall. And some of them, I think, are really interesting. And they're balls that have not been thrown into Batman's mm-hmm. court before. Or at least not as, you know, in this way or upon such a big screen. Um. But a lot of those balls just kind of rolled off to the side. Like the yeah. Falcone, like it's this great thing where the question is like, okay, so you are the Batman, you are looking for vengeance for the deaths of your parents. You think that one mobster did it, and then that mobster tells you the other mobster did it. And then you go to not my real dad, Alfred, which I think was the funniest part in the entire movie. I really think that they needed two more scenes of him telling Alfred that he's not his real dad because that was fucking yeah. hilarious. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, and then he goes to Alfred, not his real dad, and Alfred's like, look, it could have been the one mobster, it could have been the other mobster, or it could have just been some fucking rando because we live in an evil world and Gotham mm-hmm. is falling apart at the seams and you are too much of a single-minded freak to realize that you could just go to one goddamn board meeting and actually fix anything, Bruce. I have failed you as a father figure because I was not expecting to be a father um, and also apparently can't afford any therapists. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I think... sure they could afford therapists, but I don't know. Brucey doesn't seem like the kind who would be like, if he's telling Alfred, you're not my real dad, why are you wearing my father's cufflinks? Uh, like, I don't think he's going to listen to a therapist, but but all the same, well, the idea being like, okay, so what we're supposed to recognize is Bruce coming to the idea that there is more that he can do. So like two things, there's more that he can do as Bruce Wayne, the ways that feel good to him as a way to fight the injustice he's experienced are not necessarily the most effective ways. Right. And put on, put on a bat costume and go beat some people up at night. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Which is a a wild choice to make. Um, and to think that that is going to do something. And they're definitely setting up the difference between like love and fear. Are we inspiring Mm -hmm. fear? And is that what's fixing the city? Or are we trying to help people and focus on the people that we love and have that be the fear that we are actually fighting by like leaning into? So like instead of leaning into the fear of the dark and being beat up in the middle of the night, you're leaning into the fear of losing your loved ones, of Alfred getting his face blown off, you know? Uh, And that that could be this better way of serving the world. And what I think was so interesting about what they did in this movie is um, a lot. In a lot of Batman things, and in especially The Dark Knight Returns, um, our favorite racists 
uh, comic book sponsored by cocaine. Uh, Frankie yeah. Miller. Um, <laughs> very much sponsored by cocaine. The next one is way more sponsored by mm -hmm. cocaine. But in The Dark Knight Returns, there is a character that is a doctor, a psychologist. And he represents, I think his name was Wortham or something, some real dude in the real world who in the 80s was like, I am a child psychologist and these comics are causing children to be violent and hurt each other and causing all of societal ills. Fuck comic books. It's definitely the comic books' fault. So mm -hmm. in The Dark Knight Returns, they have this person who's like, Batman is the problem. Batman is the reason why there's all of these supervillains in our city. And of course, Frankie Miller and a lot of other times that this character is used um, in cartoons and et cetera, it ends with that person being wrong, that person being proven wrong, and usually that person either turning out to be a supervillain or unwittingly or wittingly supporting supervillains, mm -hmm. which is an interesting choice because in the real world, what that doctor is saying is like comic books, fictional stories that are presented in fictional ways to real humans are causing untold horrors and death. Like that's obviously ridiculous. But in the fucking comic book world, a man going around beating the shit out of other people, enacting extrajudicial violence yeah. in the streets. Like yeah, vigilante justice, right? Vigilante justice. I've, I haven't, previously like seen one where they're like hey you know what if the doctor were in this film he would be right the way that batman has chosen to approach his injustice is in directly inspiring other people to yeah. do the exact same thing to use their personal judgment to right. enact that violence as they see fit and, and we might be thinking, oh, well, Batman always makes the right choices. He's the Batman. and that's He's the, the world's greatest detective. The world's greatest detective. He always makes the good moral choice at the end and the correct moral choice at the end. At the end of Hush, we have Jason Todd. Jason Todd is a Robin that got murdered by the Joker, um, beaten to death with a pipe, and then fucking blown up in a cabin. So yeah. Jason Todd comes back to life and is like, has a gun to the Joker and is like, Batman, I want you to kill the Joker. I want you to kill him because he fucking killed me. I want you to kill him because he keeps causing fucking genocidal damage to the planet yep. and you won't kill this one motherfucker. You will let mm -hmm. children die, but you yes. will not kill this one motherfucker. And Batman does not kill the Joker. Batman just yeah. stares him down, stares Jason down. And Jason because his desire was that Batman would want revenge because Batman loved him like yeah. a son. Right. Because Jason wanted that kind of justice, Jason was the one who was wrong. And mm -hmm. Batman, who, who wisely and heroically is able to separate himself from his emotions, is always making the right decision even if it's a really hard one and even if the people in his life don't understand the story wants us to play with like oh is he making the right choice um but like the story knows that he is and sure. the only real consequence we end up seeing for that often or at least in in certain iterations like batman beyond 
Where in the future, mm-hmm. Batman is an old ass man and he has a new Batman that he's mentoring. This Bruce Wayne right. is old. He's alone. He's sad. He's still single-minded. He's still this grizzled old guy. So it's like, okay, well, we're seeing the consequence of his action of being this stoic paragon of justice and that like he's lonely and in chronic pain. But like, he didn't make the wrong choices overall. Like the story is not positing that he is making a bad choice that is influencing bad things to happen in the world. Whereas this movie is like, this is a bad choice and it's making bad things happen. Like, Batman doing this is causing mass shootings that are way too fucking real. Uh, well, okay, but this is something I want... Well, yeah, okay, two things. Mm-hmm. When I had Susie on, she mentioned... She, she just straight out said, 4chan mass shooting, and it didn't occur to me that that was what was happening, but that is totally what was happening. What the 100. fuck? Yeah, They're like, 100. like, like, what in the in the scene where they were all like the in the in the day when they were the Joker was describing his plan in the video, and then they showed all the people with rifles standing at the top of the Madison Square Garden. I was just like, this is too fucking real. We have one of these a week now, and in, in this fucking yeah. country, right? Yeah, it it was absolutely a lot, and it was a lot to see in the in. Well, we saw it in a drive-in. Um, oh God, yeah. I. That's a choice that I really. That, that specific choice, I really respect of Matt Reeves. The fact that he was showing this white man taking out his personal idea of justice in violence, in the privilege that he has in having a body that can do that, in having the time to train to do that, in having all of this stuff. Him undertaking that is causing other white men to gather and to be fucking crazy you know to to be violent in that way to enact their version of justice in a in response to very real world injustice and once again we're back at this point of like well they're doing the they have the right ideas but they're going about it in such an awful way which is kind of an overused trope i think in villains but yeah we at least don't end up with batman thinking that the way he had been going about things is still correct and it was just oh these bad apples that doctor that worth them he he thought that the joker was inspired by batman suddenly all these supervillains are popping up in gotham and he thought that it was all because of batman when really it was because of him it was because of the corruption of the state what i liked about this is that it showed that like the corruption of the state is batman batman himself is the corruption of the state. Oh, yeah, totally. A white man, and I don't think I'm wrong in overplaying like how goddamn white he is. Oh, yeah, um, totally. No, I absolutely. Asian when I was a kid, because I watched Wait, really? Batman Beyond. There was there were like two different cartoons where the way that right. they drew him, he just looked Asian to me. Well, I, well, those a lot of those cartoons, especially the original animated series, was animated in Japan. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, and I just thought I had been mishearing it because I hadn't read the comics yet. I thought it was Bruce Wayne, and I was like, "Cool, like I'm in San Francisco. I am. I mean, okay, yeah, it makes sense. Where I didn't have that particular like racial difference, like seem like it would be, which it obviously like wouldn't be the case in America. 
Like, right. One of one of the few places in America where there's a lot of Asian people around precisely. and present in culture. Yeah. yeah. Straight up. Like I, I, I had no conception until I got older that that would have been like unheard of. Like he's obviously white. Like him being white is mm-hmm. so integral. And the fact that this white man in a bat costume is being led into crime scenes by a black cop. And his Latino second in command. It's it's this weird thing where still we have this white man being the one who is giving the permission, who is setting that ball over the hill of fixing any kind of corruption. Yeah. Which I thought was weird. I agree with you about Bella Real, how like strange it is that they have like the young black woman candidate named Bella Real, because she's real, guys. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. And she's pretty. Uh, Being more conservative, I did really like her approaching Bruce Wayne and having to be like, dude, like, you have so much fucking money and capital. Like, just personal capital. Look how far your personal capital is taking you when you're not even thinking about it. Whereas I am over here, whereas Gordon's over here, trying their best and getting nowhere. But at the I, same I, time, like, cause I, I remember, I remember I was whining about this very early in the movie, like, like started nonprofit or whatever. But at the yeah. same time, then they had the whole plot where Thomas Wayne had a billion dollar fund that became a slush fund for the, yeah. for the mafia. And it's like, I, I also agree that like, I think, I think the way it was applied in there where he's like, I'm running for mayor. And also here's a billion dollars. Like tying it to the power is what's corrupts it. I think. I think that that's definitely part of it. I think that the tying it to the power, and I think that continually coming back to this idea, and I don't know if this is something that Matt Reeves is going to expound upon. It may, again, just be one of those, like, all the cops are corrupt except for these 40 guys that came out of nowhere, Um, where it's like, oh, well, giving a bunch of money for a fund is enacting your personal sense of justice upon the world not necessarily in a violent way it ended up you know supporting a bunch of violent bullshit but it is and sort of like it's like what do we do with the power that we have like what are the sins of the father and it's sort of like no like it's the sins of the whole system why are we letting this man into our crime scenes like And I got it at first. At first I was like, oh, hell yeah. The police are so fucking corrupt that not only are they allowing a furry onto their crime scene, but Gordon truly feels like he has no other choice but to bring this man onto the crime scene because this man has access to technology that he doesn't. Like Gordon will never have access to the type of technology needed to solve these crimes. But the Batman does. And the cops are so corrupt that he can have a fucking spotlight up there and everyone's like, I don't know, I don't really care, I guess. Um, so they diluted their own, you know, sort of thesis, or at least the things that I thought were mo- most interesting about where they were going um, with the idea of justice and with the idea of vigilantism. How vigilantism has a violent arm, but it also has a giving arm. 
And we have to be careful about both of those things. Yeah. Because the giving arm of vigilantism got taken to be used by the fucking politicians anyway. Yeah, but I also mean, but isn't, like, the the Riddler's whole deal is also an attempt to be vigilante justice because he feels like he's rooting out like he's rooting out corruption in the same way that 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 I guess Batman is kind of trying to do the way Gordon is trying to do. If anything, it feels like Gordon and the Riddler like obviously their their means are very very different, but their ultimate end goal is the same, which is like bring Falcone to justice, root out all the all the corrupt cops and stuff. Um, whereas like Batman's motivation like. It just seems like, oh, I just want to save lives or whatever. I have to stop these these psychopaths. But it's like, it's it's like his thing is like, oh, I have to I have to get the guy who killed the mayor. But in the yeah. process, like, what is he actually fighting for? The first thing we see him doing is just fighting street thugs. We don't mm-hmm. get any sort of information into, uh, like, for example, in the Dark Knight Returns. There is a, a, a Greek chorus of sorts in the city yeah. known as the mutants. They are the rabble. They are gutter punks who are violence cults. Mm-hmm. We see them everywhere. So that is Frank Miller's sort of justification of Batman and Batman returning, that there are literal violence cults walking around the city just beating the shit out of people for reasons. Sure. We don't get into that with these people we just see okay there's a a gang a cult a group that are trying to initiate people through violent means but they're being played right next to some guy who's just holding up a store yes and like drug dealers and so you kind of get the impression that batman has not at all looked into anything above that level it's almost as if he like right eve of the idea that like there is more to crime than just the street thug level like that. Like maybe I mean, but... like, we didn't even know about the 42 degrees under club. Like he didn't know anything about the levels of corruption in the city, about where the powerful people hang out, about who they are, what they do. He's looking through Catwoman's eyes and seeing, Oh my yeah. God, that's the DA. Oh my yeah. God. That's like so-and-so. And it's like, yeah, you dipshit. Like, uh huh. What did you think was happening? Um, what did you yeah. think was going on? And it took him looking through her eyes, literally, um, yeah, in order to even start to conceive of the idea of like, oh, maybe my dad was a bad person. Like, maybe I am a bad person. Maybe what I'm doing well, is causing bad people to be worse. I mean, I think he was a bad person when he pushed that table and drew all over his floor, but. Um... <clears throat> I don't know. It's like the fucking part. the fucking lady the, the lady maid the the one who the the, the long suffering lady maid was the one who got to clean it up. We but we all know that our friend's oh, in the hospital. Yeah. Oh, we know. Oh, we know. Um, I don't know. I, th- that whole first part with the with the, I felt like it was trying to. I get I get what you're saying. I just don't think it was that effective. I also don't think we needed that. Like you could have easily just had. Bruce Wayne shows up to the or Batman shows up to the crime scene and the cops are afraid of him. It felt like that conveyed the exact same thing that that first 20 minutes was trying to convey. It did. I think the thing that the first 20 minutes conveyed was I think that why they left it in was because Matt Reeves really wants to be stepped on by some big black boots. Like for the love of God, someone step on that poor man. 
but yeah. also because they wanted that they wanted the the symbolism of Pattinson reaching out his hand to the man who was getting beat up like hey I'm here to help you like I just hurt all these other people and I'm here to help you and that man being afraid of him and then the final scene where where he reaches out to the people stuck in the water and he's helping people during the day mm. and they're like oh Batman and then the last part the kids like no Batman don't leave me like like I'm afraid I want my Batman with me who just pulled yeah. me out of this bubble so I okay, think yeah, that, I, I, that that did not occur to me. That makes sense. That makes sense. But I think that you're right in that they didn't. Uh, it was also just thrown in there. It was sort of like instead of just throwing a bunch of villains at the wall, the way like Spider-Man three did. Yeah, they threw a bunch of themes at the wall. Right. And just left them up there like the theme of Pattinson, Pattinson being alone and being lonely and not. Yeah trying to keep himself from having those connections to other people because that's what he's actually afraid of is losing people. There's the theme of the sins of the father. How do we approach the intergenerational uh, crimes and trauma that comes with the various ways that privilege interacts with our society? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the Joker thinking or not the Joker, I'm sorry, the Riddler being, you know, as disenfranchised and as dirt poor as whatever, but still enough of just like a random white man to get on the internet and be like, and suddenly I have access to all these guns. Um, well, that, that that doesn't seem unrealistic, unfortunately. No, that part does not seem unrealistic at all. But like, that's how his yeah. privilege is interacting. Like, Catwoman, a, a woman of color, who was raised by a stripper and seems to be some sort of, you know, stripper-esque person herself. Um, yeah. He's the one with the least amount of ability to actually enact any of the things she wants in the world. And all we see her really wanting is to save her friend. Right. And then to kill a man who has been causing untold horrors upon the world upon her own mother she's the only one who knows for sure who killed her mother right she's the only one who knows for sure where this injustice lied Mm -hmm. but she's kept from having that by these random dudes i don't know i thought that that was really messed up of the batman uh to not let her kill falcone i think that he should i think that in certain versions yeah would have like maybe like oops I accidentally let her kill Falcone but no I mean I killed Falcone because I don't I I don't that seems to be a constant with Batman is that he just doesn't want anyone to die ever which I think I think like I've been feeling really conflicted as we talked about this because it's like at a certain level I do want to like reform the carceral state and and try to give people chances but at the same time these 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 villains in these things are so are so cartoonishly psychopathic. It feels like yeah. it feels like redemption is not possible. And if and if the option is they just keep coming back and killing over and over again, then like what do you do? I don't I don't know. I haven't read enough. Um, I haven't read enough literature about the about about um rehabilitating the carceral state to know that answer. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's not even possible because like. These people, I think, are more psychopathic than than people actually are. Maybe that's not true. I don't know. But I don't know. 
know. I don't know if it's necessarily true or not, but I do think that there is an interesting parallel between um we we start off with the mayor getting killed and his young son, you know, being our reflection mm-hmm. of Batman. We're like, "Oh, this innocent person amidst all of this like evil." Like, but we then learn that the mayor was like an awful goddamn person. What if Tom and Thomas Wayne was an awful goddamn person? He was running for fucking mayor. He was in you know, he was enmeshed in all of those things. He's a good person, can make mistakes, sure. But wouldn't a Riddler kill Thomas Wayne also? Oh, yeah. And reveal all of the same freaking uh, corruption that all these other people are doing. Perhaps it's less of a like, you know, he didn't go out and murder people himself, but... He was no, he did. He... power and privilege. He asked Falcone to put the, put the fear of God into this one reporter, but Falcone killed that reporter so that he would have something yeah. on Thomas Wayne. And it's like, all right, but like if your one mistake is to go to a mob boss and be like, hey, yeah, scare the shit out of this person, like that's a different level of mistake. Like, I mean, a mistake you, you have that- to know that that's an option, that that's a potential outcome. If you're asking someone who you know is kills people yeah. for help. Yeah. And it's sort of like with his power, him making a, a small mistake, being like, oh, no, I want to protect my family, ends with someone's death, you know, versus Catwoman makes a mistake or something or trusts the wrong person. And what's much more likely to happen is she's going to get hurt or she's going to be put in compromising situations, like exactly what Batman does to her. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And I just thought that was so interesting. And I'm very interested to see where they go with the Batman in this because um, I don't think they're going to stick the landing. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they want to, I don't know if they have enough of a, of a sense, like, did the Batman have enough of a character arc that he's going to be changed in the next movie? Like, is his standing in the world going to be changed? How the fuck are they going to handle introducing more villains? Because typically you don't just have one villain in these movies. Like you probably, like, we're like, they've already introduced the Riddler, Penguin, um, you usually have maybe, your maybe, maybe Joker. Out. And your maybe Joker. They usually have their mobsters and then like one or two uh, supers. Right. Mm-hmm. To sort of spice things up. Um, yeah. I, I, I really like the Catwoman in this. I like how mature she is. I like how she yeah. has an idea of what she's doing and what the real consequences of what she's doing is. How mm-hmm. she has an awareness of her own emotionality her own like i like strays so i should probably watch out if i'm suddenly really into this wounded puppy batman who calls himself vengeance like i i loved how everyone kept calling him vengeance as an as a as a like dig that was so funny that was really funny i loved that i loved that because that's the question it's like is vengeance justice 
Yeah. And in some cases, like, yeah. And in some cases, like, nah. And I think that the movie might have been trying to say, in all cases, nah. In all cases, vengeance begets vengeance. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't know about that. I don't know. And maybe that's just because I am the person, I am in my body. I have walked through the world as an extremely privileged white woman to all to sure. all who perceive. Um, and so, you know, that is a different, yeah. as much as it is extremely similar to Batman, um, it's a little bit different. So I'm like, yeah, no, sometimes you just have to fucking kill people. Um, mm-hmm. but then again, that is also coming from more of an epistemological place of superhero stories and justice, you know, injustice and like cartoons and movies rather than the actual real world. Um, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's very interesting, um, how they talk about relationships and how they talk about what brings real goodness because i really think that like there are so many good ideas that were just themes that were thrown at the wall with other themes like i would have loved for them Mm -hmm. to stay on this whole privilege thing with batman him literally not realizing that he could have walked into the 42 degrees under club at any moment if he had just walked in with his own damn face and that the person of bruce wayne has an immense amount of power that Batman, the Batman does not have access to, that Paul Dano does not have access to, that literally mm-hmm. no one else has access to. And as a white woman walking around the world, like that was something that I learned as I got older, as I saw things happen with me that weren't happening for my friends, that weren't happening in other situations, like, you know, being defended being protected, being shielded from a lot of the bad things of the world because of the privilege of looking the way that I do. Um, and so I thought that that was so fascinating, Batman coming to that and, to, and ha- really having to examine are the values that I think I got from my parents good? And who were they really? Um, which, is, which is so interesting because the sins of the father is like a huge thing my dad was a police officer so it's like hmm sins of the father much um and of course he faced injustice from other police officers mm-hmm. so it's like okay like i definitely feel similar to batman in that way of like this person who you know made mistakes and was a fucking cop but wanted to do good and then was betrayed. And now there's this like injustice about it. But also there are the sins of the father. It's not just about me getting vengeance or justice for myself for the injustice that happened to me, the injustice that happened to Batman, his father being and mother being murdered. There was also the injustice that his father and mother and their families took upon the world around him. And how much did their behavior actually contribute to the injustice that he now wants vengeance for? If his father hadn't been such a corrupt piece of shit 
sorry, bats, but like, ha- like, come on, you're running for goddamn mayor in Gotham. Like you could be overall good, but you're still a corrupt piece of shit. Like, how do we deal with that? How do you rectify that? And how do you gain real justice for that, for yourself and for others? Because when we focus it solely inwards, which is what I wish that they had sort of gone more with, with Paul Dano, that they didn't, they sort of hinted at the end. They're like, oh, what's something that a person always wants? A friend? Uh, with the idea being like, he also had no friends and was trying to find community through this like 4chan thing. Um, rather than, it's too many things. See, it's like too many themes being thrown at the wall. We have Batman's isolation and fear being separated from other people. We have the sins of the father and systemic injustice and how individuals with privilege have to interact with that injustice and consider how that has contributed to their own personal tragedies and therefore where blame lies and if it's even important to figure out where blame lies. There's, um, you're not my real dad. No, I just really like that element of this whole movie. I just think we so rarely get Batman being so sassy to Alfred. Um, especially how they treated him in the fucking Dark Knight Rises. That pissed me off. Um, But there's just so many themes that they're throwing at the wall, which is why I'm like, they definitely can't stick the landing. Like they're going to throw some interesting ideas out there, I hope. And it'll be fun to play with and it'll be fun to see. But, you know, how can you stick the landing when you have a three and a half hour long goddamn movie and most of it's boots and tires? Like, yeah, I think they were just packing so, so much in. Yeah, I think I think please. I was going to say, I think we probably should wrap it up and leave it there. Um, thank you so much for all of your insight into this movie. You have thought about this way more than I have, even though I've been watching it all month. Um, I will say in general, I, 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 I see everything that you're saying, but I really think it takes, it probably took three to four viewings of the movie to get all of this stuff or to read a bunch of analysis of it. Like, I just don't think the movie is that successful in, in highlighting these themes on its own. But I, you know, it's definitely because I have all of the other, I'm pulling in so much other Batman stuff yeah. to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Totally. But thank you so much for being on the on the podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say? Uh, no, I really love this podcast. And I'm really excited for it to be turned into a commentary track so I can watch the Batman with your commentary over it. Oh, I, I can't imagine what that's actually going to be like. It's going to be so <laughs> unlistenable. But yeah. Uh, look forward to that. Um, and I will I will see you all tomorrow for the final daily episode of the Bat Month.